Welcome back, y'all, to Summer's Vibes Podcast. And I'm your host, Summer. But you already knew that. Last season, we focused on several different topics from a millennial point of view. In this new season of my life and where we are as a country and a nation, we're going to continue that conversation, focusing on politics, spiritual well-being, and our society as a whole. Make sure you subscribe to Summer's Vibes Podcast to stay informed. This is a season you don't want to miss. Uh, Super excited about this episode today. Um, We have another special guest on. Um, Like, as I told you all, I definitely want to make sure that we are having local officials come in and really talk about why your vote matters, what's the importance of elections. So I want to welcome uh, former Harris County Clerk, Chris Gordon for mayor. Welcome to Summer's Vibes podcast. Appreciate you coming on. But no, it's my pleasure to be here with you today. Uh, I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to come on and and share with you uh, a bit about this race. All right. No doubt. Thank you. Well, uh, like I said, thank you for coming on. Um, You know, I was kind of going through, you know, doing a little background on you and um, just kind of reading about you, your family, um, you know, and so kind of where I want to start is what's top of mind for me is one of the things I kind of read about you is that your dad uh, was uh, served with HPD for 34 years. My mom served 31 years with HPD. So I'm pretty sure they probably crossed paths somewhere. 100%. (laughs) No doubt. She knows everyone. So I think I thought that that was uh, pretty cool. This is where I want to start then. You know, over the past few years, we've kind of seen like an increase in our crime. Like we know this, right? Like um, I don't know what happened, like where this increase, where this increase in crime rate in the city happened, but we have seen it. And so, you know, when, you know, people move here or just residents here, you know, my question is, what's your plan to decrease the crime rate with Chief Finner? Um, we know that he's definitely done a lot um, with trying to reduce crime. So, you know, what are some things that are top of mind for you when you look at the crime rate and um, how can people feel safe in their city? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, safety is hands down the most uh, important thing that we have to be focused on, right? For we talk about all the things that make a city great and that help us to thrive. But if we don't feel safe walking out of our front doors, taking our kids to school, going to work, going to church, going shopping, then the city that we envision cannot exist. Mm-hmm. And so um, safety is going to be a top priority for us both now. And throughout my time as mayor, once once I'm elected, now what do we do about that, right? We we have to take a practical approach, and especially since the murder of George Floyd, you've you've seen so many takes on this, and and people are right to be upset and want to hold folks accountable for wrongdoing and so on. But the approach that we have to take is look, this is the agency, right, HPD, but this also includes sheriffs and constables and so many others. These folks, it's their job to keep us safe. Mm-hmm. So how do they get the resources that they need to do their job, the people, the other resources that they need, the equipment, the technology to be able to do that? They also need the training to do their jobs and to do that job well. But from there, we have to hold them accountable. And this is just like any other job, right? You could be sitting working at at Target, right? And you're going to need the people who work there. You're going to need them to be trained. You're going to have to give them the resources that they need, whatever that is, the cash registers, et cetera. And then you hold them accountable for doing that job well. And that applies to police just as in any other 
profession. And so the concept of giving police resources, Mm -hmm. right, should not in any way be controversial, in my opinion, but also the concept of holding police accountable uh, should not be in any way controversial that, you know, we're paying them to do this job. And it's, as I mentioned at the top of this, the most important job in our community. And so we have to hold them to a high standard while also making sure they have, you know, what they need to be able to do that job well. But it's not just about addressing crime here and now either. You mentioned sort of the buildup over the last couple of years. You know, I know in my heart of hearts, and I believe soon that studies and data will show that the pandemic and what that did to our economy, what that did to our education system, what that did to our job market, what that did to our mental health had a major effect, right? People just didn't wake up one day saying, oh, I want to go murder somebody, right? I want to go be involved in a road rage accident. I want to go and start robbing and, and killing and so on. There are so many different factors that got us here. And so in addition to looking at how we solve the issue of crime here and now, right? Catching criminals, putting them away, making sure that they receive consequences for their actions and that that we deter further crime. Uh, We also have to look further back to say, look, okay, blight in our communities. We know that more crime happens, you know, in places that we don't take care of our community. How do we invest in taking care of our community across the board to address that? Go even further back again, you're looking at these people who ultimately are perpetrators of these crimes. What happened in in their schools? Did did they have the access to a quality education? Did they have access to health care and other things that were going to allow them to to be successful and give them the best shot at success? And then has this been a city that that offers opportunity to folks regardless of, of where they live? Were they able to catch a bus or a train, you know, to that job interview, mm-hmm. right? And and you put, you know, you invest in these environmental pieces, particularly again in our young people, yeah. that should put them on the right track and not ever have them go down the path where they become the next set of folks who are perpetrating crimes on their neighbors and on our communities. And so we have to look at this twofold, both in sort of the immediate how do we address the crime that we're seeing, but also how do we prevent future crime by taking people out of this system altogether and offering them the opportunity and the path to be productive members of our community? I do often think of COVID um, as well, because I feel like, you know, maybe where in my mind, I guess when I started really paying attention, is that where we saw like the biggest uptick, but also more importantly, one of the things that you said is really investing in the community and being able to set, you know, future generations up for success, giving them the tools and the resources that they need so that they, that they are productive uh, members of society. One of the things that I always encourage uh, since number one, like I'm a millennial and then you have like the Gen Z's that are coming up and growing, you know, and, and growing up in our generation how important it is for them to be actively involved in their community and kind of know what's going on. You know, if there's something that they don't like, one of the things I always like to say is be that change. Like, you know, if, if there's something you don't like, like you run for office, then it, it's, it's, it's really simple. Um, and you can be representative in any way in your community um, mm-hmm. in a positive way. So I, I think it's really important for young people to know, which I think we do, right? And just how important it is to u- utilize the voice that we do have in a productive way. We were talking about schools. And so 
we all know had a Democratic nominee Attorney General Rochelle Garza on um, not too long ago. And so I asked her the same question I'm going to ask you, um, just because, you know, that was kind of from a state level, right? But like looking at the city, what can we do? So given the recent events that happened in Uvalde or Uvalde, however you pronounce it, you know, the school shooting, school shootings just in general, right, have really had our parents, our school districts, law enforcement agencies, um, looking for ways to ensure that our schools are always safe, right? It's, it's always top of mind. What, when you think about everything that has happened recently, you know, what are some things top of mind for you that you would want to have in place or what's important to you for our city when it comes to school safety? Starting off, it's just a sad state of affairs that we even have to talk about something like this, right? When we're dropping our kids off at school and, you know, my, my daughter Vivian starts kindergarten tomorrow. And just this morning we were at orientation and we spent a good amount of time talking about school security, mm -hmm. which when I was younger, I don't even remember that ever being an issue, yeah. right? And we weren't doing active shooter drills in our classroom. And it's just incredibly unfortunate that this is even a topic of discussion. But zooming out, we know that we have weapons of war and destruction in the hands of people in this state and across this country who should not have them. Um, and I say that, you know, my wife and I are gun owners, but guns are, they are killing machines. That is what they are. And there are certain folks who should not have access to those. And people who, who do have access to them should have the proper training, the proper licenses, should know how to handle them with care, how to use them, how to store them, how to keep them away from children and, and folks who shouldn't have them. And so that is an issue that's going to continue to be on the forefront of how do we keep ourselves safe. It starts with with keeping you know automatic weapons away from people who are going to be using them uh, in ways that could harm our kids and 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 harm our our communities. But once we get to the schoolhouse door, yeah, we have to be realistic, make sure that we do have these safety protocols in place. We should not be just handing guns to teachers. That is, that's not the solution. Because again, that just furthers this issue that I just talked about of people who haven't had the proper training, you know, ultimately make this, this problem even, even bigger. Again, police have a really hard job. And as we think about, as we think about how we plan to keep our entire community safe, we have to take a special focus uh, on our kids who are in these buildings, predictably from, you know, 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. Mm -hmm. every day with a particular set of sort of, you know, entrances and exits that might make it easier for someone who seeks to do harm to go in there and destroy lives in, in a way that uh, leads to additional tragedy. Mm -hmm. You know, but I want to what I want to focus on is is education, right? How are we actually helping these kids to learn, you know, to read at grade level, to do math? to learn these concepts that, again, are going to, in many cases, move them out of poverty and give them a chance to pursue, you know, this thing that we call the American dream and ultimately to grow up. And as we're building out this, this uh, incredible economy in the greater Houston region, that they're equipped to go out and get those jobs and then be able to put food on the table for their families and achieve whatever dreams they have 
one day. That's that's what I want to be talking about when we're talking about schools, not worrying uh, every moment if our kids are going to come home for dinner that night. You know, like we said about the crime, you have to set people up, right? You have to set them up for success and education is super, super important. And also, also what I would say is um, our mental health is important as well. And so just making sure that they're being supported, whether that's with a counselor or just giving them that opportunity to feel comforted and comfortable to really come into someone and expressing themselves. Um, So I think that is also important. So on a lighter note, on a lighter note, because see, I didn't ask this at the outset um, because I wanted to get right to it. But the most obvious question, right, the most obvious question that we have that I want to ask is, why are you running for mayor? What's your purpose? Um, And, you know, what are your plans uh, for the city? Absolutely. Uh, Look, I'm running for mayor because I love the city of Houston. Uh, I was born here. I'm a fourth generation Houstonian. This city raised me, and now it's the city today where my wife Morgan and I are, are raising our two kids. And I want them to have you know, the best opportunities. I want this to be, be a city that's thriving so that they can you know, raise my grandkids here one day. But you know, being the mayor of a city is an incredibly tall task. You mentioned issues of safety. In addition to crime, we have natural disasters that are becoming more and more common that are wreaking havoc uh, on our community when they come. Uh, We have to ensure that this city is a city of opportunity. And we touched on this a little bit, but good paying jobs, access to high quality education for our kids, where it's easy to start a business and add to our economy. And we have to ensure that both now and in the future, we make this the best city to live and to work and to raise a family. And that takes real leadership. And because of the the system that we have here, a strong mayor system, it takes real CEO level mm-hmm. leadership. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a body of folks, 22,000 people work for the city of Houston, uh, a budget that's nearly $6 billion. People working across dozens of different departments with very, very unique tasks. We're talking about, we've already touched on police. We, you know, We have fire, we have solid waste management. We have the folks who are fixing our roads, the folks who are making sure that clean water is getting to our home and wastewater is is getting out of our homes. In addition to so many other things that, again, ultimately make this city run. And we have to have someone in that seat who knows what that kind of leadership looks like, who knows what running a large organization looks like, and who knows, frankly, what turning around an organization looks like when that organization's in trouble or not you know, living up to the best version of itself. And, and that's who I am professionally as a problem solver uh, and an executive leader. Uh, we saw that when I served as county clerk, and I know you wanna to touch on that a little bit, but for all the innovation that we brought to that, which we need innovation and new ideas at the city of Houston, you know, ultimately we made, you know, we took this local government agency that had been very troubled and very challenged before, and we turned it around and we made it work. We made it function and we made it deliver results uh, for the people who were supposed to serve, who was us, Houstonians. And we can do that in new and incredible ways for this city to keep us safe, again, to make us a city where regardless of the color of our skin, who we love, where we live, who we worship, we have access to to opportunities to better ourselves, to uh, provide for our families, and that this city is getting better every day, every year, 
that's why I'm running. <laughs> that's great. That's great. I used when I was younger, I used to always say, um, I wanted to move somewhere else, right? Like I always wanted to, I don't know, just like another state or something like that. And I guess the older I've gotten and just like the more, I guess the more wisdom and more you pay attention to things, you know, Houston is a great city. Like I'm totally biased. Like I love Houston. So, uh, but um, this brings me uh, kind of to the last. Let part. me touch on that go, real quick. Though. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> because look, growing up, yeah, of course, you always want to strike out and go and do something. Yeah. Uh, and so I imagine, regardless of where you live, you, people oftentimes have that feeling of oh, I'm going to go away and and do something somewhere else. But you know what happens when folks are making these decisions, you know, for themselves at key points in their lives. Frankly, I don't know if people are graduating from the top institutions across this country. You know, I went to Morehouse, but whatever it is, Stanford, and saying, when I get out, I'm going to move to Houston, mm. right? You you see so many people moving to Houston because of the natural greatness of this city. The Again, the opportunities, the lower cost of living, which is starting to change a little bit. Although I go back many generations on my dad's side, my mom moved to Houston as a 20-something-year-old because of, again, a lot of reasons that attracted her here. But when people are graduating from whatever the top college is in their city or their state, are they saying, you know, I'm going to go to Houston in the same way you hear them say, I'm going to go to L.A. or New York or Atlanta or Austin? And and if the answer is no, which I suspect it is, that means we need to change some things about not the character of the city, but, you know, our identity, making clear the opportunity and why this should be an attractive destination for folks young and old. Who, who are looking to to build themselves up and and, and do better for themselves. Yeah, we, we definitely know people are moving here to Houston. <laughs> I was like, I was just reading something this morning. Um, I think that rent went up 30% in the state of Texas over the last few years. So um, it is, oh, excuse me, the average one bedroom apartment is up 30%. So mm -hmm. that that is in Texas. So we know people are moving here <laughs> for sure. Like we said before, before we actually, uh, we were talking offline and we were talking about you as the former Harris uh, County clerk, and then just some of the things that you've accomplished um, within within that office and you know during the height of the pandemic you know when we actually had the presidential election we saw um, a record 1.6 million people that uh, that voted countywide in 2020 which is major right and that's due to several different avenues that they had available whether that was the voting drive-through the 24-hour voting um, at in that online mail ballot tracking. And we know that we've seen restrictions on that just to kind of prevent that uh, from happening again. But as I close, I just wanted to get for you to say what's the importance of, you know, the power of our vote and voting, especially for younger people. Why um, are local elections so important? And you know, what's your message to our younger generations? Absolutely. We live in one of the greatest countries in the history of the world. And what drives our greatness is our self-determination. And ultimately that comes from the ballot. And you go all the way back to this country's founding and we talk about all are created equal, but that's not how things truly were for many years in this country's existence. People fought for equality, for the rights of people of color, for the rights of women, and you know, for the rights of so many others like our LGBTQ plus community. 
And ultimately, you know, the values that each of us holds individually, you know, we deserve to have folks who share those values leading us. And the only way we get there is by using the power that we have in this vote to choose the people who are going to carry us forward. And it's not just voting for president. Incredibly you know, important job as the president of the United States. But we talk about these schools. We have elected school boards that are on a ballot that we get to choose who's educating our young people and who's making those decisions that have so much impact. These local, the mayor's race, as an example, people who are ultimately, you know, the Houston Police Department reports up, you know, to the mayor and so many other important departments that have impact on our day-to-day lives. We get to choose who sits in that office, who makes those decisions, uh, who builds the team and the organization that's, that's going to be serving us. And we have to use that power. As a young person, you probably don't have a lot of economic power. And so you're not equal on that front. People can influence things that you cannot. What you have that's equal to every single other person is that vote. And you can bring yourself, your family, your neighbors, your friends together, and y'all can change the course of how your community operates through the power of that vote, through galvanizing what comes along with that right that so many of our ancestors bled and died for us to have. Our next big election is not mine. Mine is November of 2023. There are so many things that are on the ballot right now that you can play a role in changing for the better. I would say that it's your responsibility to use that right. Because again, it's my life and it's the lives of my children who I'm trying to raise in this city and in this state that are being affected by this story that, that we know it's on that ballot and that we exercise our right to vote. No excuses. No doubt. Uh, let's use that right. Let's claim our seat at the table. Let's use our voices so that the community that we have moving forward is shaped according to, to our values. Well, thank you so much for joining. Um, and then lastly, I'll just say, you know, how can people get active? How can they get in touch with you if they have questions or want to see you speak or uh, your social media, all that? What is your website name? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So you can find us at chrishollins.com. Not Collins. Hollins <laughs> with an H. C-H-R-I-S-H-O-L-L-I-N-S. Come to chrishollins.com. You can also follow us on every single platform at C.G. Hollins. So that's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. You can find us there. And to to, to text me directly, Mm -hmm. uh, you can reach me on my community phone number at 713-701-7055. So I look forward to y'all signing up as volunteers, signing up to stay updated. Send us a couple of dollars to power this grassroots movement that we're building uh, for the city of Houston. But, but stay in touch. Well, thank you so much for joining today. 